Lord came to one gentleman sometime in October, basically said this, never stop celebrating what I've already done. If you were not here on uh, New Year's Eve, make sure you get the CD because it kind of lays a little foundation about celebration. But all goes on, also goes on to say, expect me to do greater things. I am expecting him to do even greater things in our lives. Amen. You know, in Psalms or Philippians chapter 4, verse 4, the scripture says, Rejoice in the Lord when you feel like it. No, he said, Rejoice in the Lord. How often? Always. Always or always. And again, I say unto you, Rejoice. Evidently, this is something that we are supposed to get and to have in our hearts is a spirit of rejoicing. And when rejoicing goes on on the inside, it is certainly going to show up on the outside. And one way that rejoicing is demonstrated is by the uplifted hands. Other times you may laugh. Sometimes you may cry tears of joy. No matter how you rejoice, the Bible says, Rejoice in the Lord always. In other words, be a rejoicer in season and out of season. That's what James says. He says, count it all joy. When you fall into different temptations, tests, and trials. You see, we can face temptations, tests, and trials one of two ways. With joy or with depression. Now, I guarantee you that joy is going to get much better results than depression. Because the joy of the Lord is your strength. Amen. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Let the weak say, I am, I'm strong. So he says here, rejoice in the Lord always. Now this year you may face some temptations, tests or trials. So face them with a sense of victory ahead of time. In other words, this is coming against me, but it's not going to overcome me. Because I happen to be an overcomer. Now, if there wasn't something for us to overcome, we wouldn't be called overcomers. Something to overcome for you and I is just part of the human package. But he says, count it all joy. In other words, get happy because God has all the answers, all the power, all the strength, all the provision, all the health you'll ever need. Hallelujah. So that's living on the victory side. I'm on the victory side. How about you? I'm on the victory side. Living on Victory Avenue. Right next to Overcomer Alley. Hallelujah. Amen. Is that you? That's us. Amen. Shout out with me. I am an overcomer. So he says here now, get happy, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Did you know that your celebration is a demonstration? Your celebration, your counting in all joy demonstrates something. What does it demonstrate? Well, our celebration, amen, is a demonstration of our expectation. Amen. So, if I am really expecting 
something good because I know that God is good and he does good things, then I'm going to have a celebration. And it's going to be a demonstration, amen, of our expectation. Are you expecting anything good in 2014? Have you got your expectors out? Our hope is in God. Amen? So turn your Bibles this morning with me to Psalms 115. Psalms 115. Everyone say greater. In verse 12 through 14, the scripture says, The Lord has been mindful of us. It's good to know that we are on his mind. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron or whatever your household name is. He is blessing you. He will bless them that fear the Lord or those that reverence the Lord, both small and great. The Lord shall increase you more and more, you and your children. You are blessed of the Lord, which made heaven and earth. Now, the verse that I want to camp on for a while this morning is verse 14. I want you to read that with me. Ready, everybody? Let's read together. The Lord shall increase you more and more, you and your children. Now, let's personalize that and say me. The Lord shall increase me more and more, me and my children. Awesome. So it is the nature of God to do greater things in our lives. He wants to bring all of us up to another level. Now, I think it's interesting that the the very word increase there, in Webster's Dictionary, a couple of them means this, to become greater. So when he says, I will increase you more and more, he says, I'm going to cause you to become greater. And then another definition is to grow considerably. So when the Lord says he's going to increase us more and more, I believe that one of the things he's saying to us is he's going to cause us to grow considerably and that we will become greater in several areas of our lives. Is anyone interested in growing considerably in 2014? I'll raise both of my hands. I desire to grow. I desire to be changed regularly and daily by the Spirit of the living God and by the Word of God. And so when he says here, the Lord shall increase you more and more, you and your children, certainly increase has to do with finances, but it does not just mean finances. It means areas of our lives that we can certainly grow considerably in and that we can become greater in. Amen? So I want to take just a look at a few of those this morning. Let's look over at Colossians chapter 1. And notice with me in verses 9 through 10. A big area. A mega area. That we are to become greater in. And to grow considerably in. Is in the knowledge of him. Notice what Paul says. He says for this cause. Since we heard it, 
We do not desire to cease to pray for you that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will. Let's camp out there for a moment. Filled with the knowledge of his will. Not head knowledge of his word, but heart knowledge. This word knowledge there is a word that denotes intimacy. And so Paul is praying for the church of Colossae that they would be filled with the knowledge of his will. Now, his word is his will. His word is his will. And of course, he has a plan for all of our lives in that he has called all of us with a special calling. And so his will is revealed to us in his word and is, reve- is revealed to us by the Holy Spirit. And so his prayer is that we would be filled with the knowledge of his will. Now, that word filled there doesn't just mean, you know, full up to here. It means filled and overflowing. I submit to you this morning, God desires to bring all of us into an overflow of the knowledge of his will. Of the knowledge of his person. Now, his will is his word. And God and his word are one. God and his word are one. You cannot separate God from his word. When you're talking about the word, you're talking about God. And when you're talking about God, you're talking about the word. Amen? Amen. And so to get filled with the knowledge of his will is to be filled with the knowledge of his word. And also to be filled with the knowledge of his person. Amen. Now notice what happens when we are filled with the knowledge of his will. In all wisdom and spiritual understanding, verse 10. That you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work. And there it is. And increasing in the knowledge of God. Increasing. In other words, becoming greater in our intimacy with the Lord. I believe that the greatest benefit of knowing God is knowing God. And and if you're here this morning and you say, you know, Pastor Mark, this sounds great and this sounds good, but I'll just be honest with you. I'm just not where I used to be. I'm just not as hungry as I used to be. You can become hungry again. You can come to the Lord's table and feast on manna from heaven And be as hungry as you ever have been before in your life. All it takes is some diligence and some effort on all of our parts. Amen? Amen. Now, I love what Jeremiah says. Jeremiah chapter 24 and verse 7 says this. And I will give them a heart to know me. That I am the Lord and they'll be my people. And I'll be their God. And for they shall return unto me with all of their heart. Now I'm not pointing fingers today. But perhaps you've gotten away from the word. Perhaps the holidays have kind of left you a little bit 
uh, fatigued and maybe a little stressed out. I don't know. Maybe you're not as on fire as you once were. But the word of the Lord says that he will give us a heart to know him if we will return to him with everything we've got. Amen. Amen. Now the Amplified says it this way. And I will give them a heart to know, to recognize, to understand, and to become acquainted with me. Amen. Pray this prayer with me right now. Lord, I pray for a greater capacity, a greater desire, a greater heart to know you, to become acquainted with you. Does the Lord answer our prayers? So you can expect to be hungry. You can expect for the Lord to minister to your heart in 2014. Job chapter 22. Let's look at verse 21. Job 22 verse 21. Again, the word increase means to grow considerably. It also means to become greater. In Job 22, verse 21, he says, Acquaint now thyself with him. Now, to be acquainted with him simply means to get to know him. And as a result of being acquainted with him, the scripture says you will be at peace and good shall come unto you. I want his goodness following me all the days of my life. Somebody says, is there a verse like that? Absolutely. Psalm 23 says, surely goodness and mercy. What are they going to do? They're going to follow us all the days of our life as we put our hearts in a position to become more acquainted with him. Great good and increase is going to come into your life. And even a greater peace. Somebody says, I've got peace. But you know, there's something called great peace. In Psalms, he says, great peace have they that love thy law. Amen. He said, grace and peace can be multiplied to us through the knowledge of God and of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm looking for a multiplication. I'm looking for an increase. I'm looking for a greater knowledge of him this year. How about you? The answer is, yes, I am. Yes, Lord. Amen. Now in the Amplified, it says it this way. He says, acquaint now yourself with him. And then he goes into a little bit more of a definition of what it means to be acquainted with him. He says, agree with God and show yourself to be conformed to his will. Amen. So we don't go to God telling him how things are going to be. Amen. We don't go to God and try to change his mind or to change his will, if you will. But no, when we come to God with a heart that is open, we're saying, Lord, whatever your word says, whatever your plan is, I am in agreement with you. There's power in agreement. There's power in agreement. Show yourself to become Or to be conformed to his will. Confirmation to his will. 
be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may do the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. And be at peace. And then he goes on to say, You shall prosper, and great good shall come to you. Now, good's good. But I think great good is better. How many of you want some greater good? Amen. Come tonight. Brenda's going to teach on the goodness of the Lord. Great good comes to those who will pursue Him. And I believe I'm looking at a congregation today that do have a heart to know Him. I want you to turn over now to Psalm 27. I'm going to look at this in the message version. And uh, David was a pursuer of the Lord. David had a pure heart, didn't he? Now, was David perfect? No. But one thing about David is, is David turned toward the Lord when he botched up and when he missed it. You heard me say this maybe a thousand times since we've been here in 1982. But don't run from God when you miss it. Run to Him. And when you run to Him, you'll find that His arms are open. Amen? And so David was on a hot pursuit, if you will. He says, as the deer panteth after the, what is it, the water brook, so shall my heart pant after you. Now, in the message in verse 4 and 5, he says, I'm asking God for one thing and one thing only. To live with him in his house my whole life long. I'll contemplate his beauty. I'll study at his feet. That's becoming acquainted. That's the only quiet, secure place in a noisy world. It's the perfect getaway. Far from the buzz of traffic. Amen? I'll contemplate his beauty. I'll study at his feet. It's a quiet, secure place in a noisy, crazy world. It is an awesome getaway. And you don't even have to get on Southwest Airlines to do it. How many of you ever had the experience of going on vacation and when you got home you needed a vacation from your vacation? You needed to get rested up before you went back to work. Well, here's a place in God where you can have His rest from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. He said, come on unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden. I'm going to give you rest from all the noise, from all of the craziness in this world. In His presence is where we want to be. Amen. Now let's look over at Philippians chapter 3. We're just taking a good exercise in the Word this morning. You know, the Word washes us. The Word washes us. It's like that labor in the Old Testament. You know, before that they would go into the Holy of Holies, they'd have to wash up with the labor. And anything that was polluting them, they had to, they had to get rid of it because they had to be clean. Amen. Before they went into the presence of God. And Ephesians says, now you are clean through the Word. Which I have spoken unto you. Amen? So we're just taking the labor of the word today and we're just receiving it. Amen? Now, in Philippians chapter 3, verse 10, and I want you to notice this from the Amplified Version. Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. He says, For my determined purpose is. So that would dovetail real well with, I'll give you a heart to know him. And so. Because you have a heart to know Him, there also comes a determination of purpose. 
And for Paul, that determination of purpose was that I may have a bigger ministry. No. That I might have a staff of 300 people. No. Paul said that I may know him. That I may know him. And then he goes on to define that, that I may progressively, that is increasing, isn't it? When I am progressing and you are making progress in our lives, we're becoming greater. We're growing considerably. Everyone say progress. Progress. In 2014. That I may know him, that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him. Perceiving and recognizing and understanding, wow, the wonders of his person more strongly and what? More strongly and more clearly. I love that phrase, the wonders of his person. You know, I've been born again since 1975, thank you. And I know some things about the Lord and the wonder of His person, but there's so much more to know. Amen. So there is a progression that can take place in our lives. I see some of our, our saints that have been in the kingdom and in the family of God um, seated here this morning. And I saw uh, Brother Neil just nod his head when I said, you can know more about the wonders of His person. Mm-hmm. You know, He certainly gets sweeter and sweeter as the days go by. Amen. Yeah, it does. Amen. Amen. Sweeter and sweeter. I mean, he's always been awesome, always been sweet. But the more we get to know him, the sweeter he becomes to us. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Pray this with me. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would show me more about the wonders of your person. More strongly and more clearly. Is he not Jehovah Rapha? I am the Lord that healeth thee. One of the wonders of his person is that he is your great physician. Now, we can know that intellectually, but we can also let scriptures slip and start sort of parroting scriptures from memory. And I will tell you this, that scriptures that are parroted out of the mental realm do not carry creative power. It is scripture that is in your heart and that is coming out of your mouth. It is scripture that you have spent time meditating in and muttering and speaking and declaring and thinking about That's what will cause the wonders of his person to be more strongly and clearly seen in your life. And when you see it here, it doesn't matter what may be going on outside here. Come on now. Come on. Amen? Amen. And so, I believe with all of my heart that it is important for us to spend time in the word looking at the word. Not just reciting the word that we know, but looking at the word as if we've never seen it before. Amen? Amen. So one of the wonders of his person is he is Jehovah Rapha. Amen. And we could 
go on and on down the list and talk a little bit more, but it's the same principle. And uh, so I encourage you to do so. Dad Hagen says this, I can't understand God by feelings. I understand God the Father but what, by what the Word says about Him. He's everything the Word says He is. So I encourage you to get acquainted with the Father through the Word. Amen. Amen. So we started this message out by saying, Him, the Father, and His Word are one. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was with God. Amen. The same was in the beginning with God. Amen. Amen. All things were made by Him and for Him. Without Him was not anything made that was made. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. So God and His Word are one. Amen. Amen? And uh, so, you know, I, I appreciate wonderful moves of, of God that are happening in the body of Christ and wonderful things that are happening, especially in the area of worship and especially in the area of prayer. And those are necessary components in our walk with God. But don't forget the Word. Yes. Don't forget the Word. That's right. Amen. Amen. Now, let's turn over to 2 Timothy chapter 1. You still tracking with me today? Yeah. All right, let's look at 2 Timothy chapter 1. And uh, let's notice and just keep driving this point home this morning. Again, our, our, our thesis, if you will, is that we are growing progressively. We're becoming greater Amen. in the knowledge of Him. And in uh, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 12, he says, For this reason I also suffer these things, nevertheless I am not ashamed. For I know in whom I have believed, and am persuaded that he is able to keep what I have committed to him until that day. Now notice with me, he says, I know whom I have believed. He did not say, I know what I have believed. Obviously, Paul knew what he believed, but he said, it's a step beyond that. I know whom I believed. I know the author of this word. Amen? Yeah. And so we must know what we believe, but it's even more important to know whom we believe. Did you know that it's possible to know scriptures and not know God? I can remember in downtown San Francisco one time when Billy Brim came in to minister. Now that's Billy Brim with a B, not Billy Graham. You know, a lot of times when we say Billy Brim, people think we're talking about Billy Graham, but I'm talking about Billy Brim. And so she came in years ago, and uh, we took her downtown San Francisco to, to get some food. And there was a guy on the street there that literally was just quoting scriptures. I mean, just... Just quoting scriptures and quoting scriptures and quoting scriptures. But he didn't know God. He didn't know God. There was something missing in his life. And what was missing in his life was Jesus. See, you can have a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof. And so, it's possible to be a note taker and a church goer. And a seminar attender. And a lifter up of hands. It's possible... To know scriptures and not know God. Look at John chapter 17 verse 2. That's not us though, is it? John 17 verse 2. Knowing Him is the key or a key to increase. Knowing Him is a great key to growing considerably and to becoming greater. 
It is the key to eternal life. In John 17 and verse 2, he says, And this is life eternal, that they may know thee, the only, what? He's the only true God. And Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. He said, this is life eternal, that you might know the only true God. The only true God. Hallelujah. Let's just lift our hands right now. And let's just thank him for his word. Hallelujah. Thank him for the Holy Spirit. Oh, brikiste levandeya. What a privilege it is, Lord. What a joy it is to feast on manna from heaven. Oh, Lord, that your word may be strong and more clearly seen and hidden in our heart this year. So that when we open our mouths and speak the word of the Lord, your power will be released. Mountains will move and Bodies will be healed. Whatever needs are there, it shall come to pass. Ha, ha, ha. Woo! Celebration is a demonstration. Ha, ha, of our expectation. Thy words were found and I did eat them. And they became unto me the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. For I am called by your name. Hallelujah! You can just get happy feasting on the word. And I tell you, the Holy Ghost will sit there right with you because he's already on the inside of you. And you get the word in you. He'll make you happy, happy, happy. Hallelujah. You'll start rejoicing. Rejoicing. Celebration is a demonstration of our expectation. Oral said it like this. Something good going to happen to you this year. Something good. Something greatly good. (laughs) Come on, somebody. Something great. Something greatly good. It's going to happen to me today. Amen. So let the celebration begin. (laughs) Let the rejoicing begin. Let the hands be raised. Let the high praises of God be in our mouth. Amen? (laughs) Yes, indeed. Indeed, indeed, indeed. Amen. Track with me just a little further this morning. So again, our, our text is the Lord has been mindful of us. I want to drive this home before we have communion today. The Lord has been mindful of us. Of us, or the Lord is mindful of me. He's my. In other words, I'm on His mind. Wow. The universe is an amazing thing. Do you know that? It's. I mean, our God is big. Our God is great. Our God is awesome. You know, I'm not sure we're going to get into it on on a Sunday morning, but. If we just were able to take a look at the universe, (laughs) we could see how big, how vast, how awesome He is. Ooh, Jesus. The Lord's mindful of you. Amen. 
He doesn't look at us as a little speck in the universe. We feel like that sometimes, but he never looks at us as someone or something that is insignificant. Come on. You are precious to him, and you are fearfully and wonderfully made by the Creator. Ooh, glory to God. Every hair in your head is numbered. He knows your address. He knows, listen, man, there is nothing too big for him. He created your body. He certainly can fix it. That's right. Amen. He rained manna down from heaven. He can cause your PG&E bill to be paid. He can cause your babies to come from afar and to be nursed at your side once again. My God is awesome. And so let's turn over to Psalms 8 with that thought in mind. Psalms 8. And let's look at verse 4 and 5 and... and, uh, Take time to read that whole psalm because he talks about creation, talks about how he made the world. In Psalms 8, verse 4, he says, What is man that you are, what? The Lord has been mindful of us, art mindful of him, and the Son of man that you visit him. For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels, literally Elohim, or God, and has crowned this man that he is mindful of with glory and honor. So he has the highest divine regard for you. The word crown there means to encircle. Literally, his glory speaks of his presence. So when he says that we have been crowned with his glory, that means that our Father embraces us with his presence. When I know my place in his heart, I can grow considerably. When you know the place you have in his heart, you can become greater and you can grow considerably. Amen? Now look over at Job chapter 17, or chapter 7. Words cannot express How great our God is. How big. How wonderful. How majestic. Hallelujah. How awesome our God is. Amen. Become infatuated with Him. Amen. Less TV, more Him. Job 7.17 says this. What is man that you should... Now listen to this. What is man... uh, and I, I misquoted that. I'm sorry. It's Job 7.17. Excuse me. Thank you. He says, What is man that you should do what? Kind of sounds like magnify there means increase. Or feature. What is man? That you should promote him. The word magnify means to grow, to become great. Important to promote, to make powerful, to do great things. What is man that you should do that for him? I believe this, that God will promote you this year and will enlarge your territory. The message says says it this way. What 
are mortals anyway. That you should bother with them. That you even give them the time of day. I'm glad he's approachable. I'm glad he does not need to have me set up an appointment four weeks down the road to have a checkup. And I need a checkup from the neck up a lot of time. Amplified says it this way. What is man that you should magnify him and think him important that you should set your mind upon him? Listen to this statement. Your value to him is not based on what we do for him. It is based on more on who we are in him. Who are we in him? Well, I'll tell you. We are joined to the Lord and we're one spirit. Did you know that what happened in Christ and to Christ in his death and his burial and his resurrection is greater than anything else that has ever happened? When God raised Jesus from the dead, he made you and me alive with him so that we can have the same identical life, the same identical righteousness, the same identical victory, the same identical blessing, inheritance, and authority. If you are not impressed, not by the delivery of this word, but if you are not impressed with this word in your heart and encouraged to pursue God with all of your heart, you need to come to the table of communion and ask the Lord to give you a greater hunger. One writer says it this way, if you are not impressed with who you are in Christ, you just haven't seen him lately. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. The Lord is good to me. You're crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I. But Christ lives in me. I'm telling you what, the little I moved out and the big Christ moved in. The weak I moved out and the strong Christ moved in. The defeated I moved out and the victorious Christ moved in. The sick me moved out and the healed Christ moved in. The poor me moved out and the rich Christ moved in. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.